Hi, this is John from Prodigal Church. We want to thank you for listening to this week's teaching. The best way to watch and listen is through our Prodigal mobile app, available at your app store. We hope you are moved to love God and others in a greater way. Now, let's dive right into this week's teaching. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Welcome to Prodigal Church. Before we jump into the sermon, I just wanted to give a special shout out for those listening online. Not those who have been to Prodigal and you consider Prodigal your home church kind of before all this stuff, but specifically for those who have just found us during this COVID-19 season. Uh, It has been so encouraging and affirming for us as a church that you're engaging with us all over the world. And whether you like it or not, you are a part of Prodigal Church. And we may not see you in person, we may not meet you in person, but we're family and we're excited that you're tracking with us this season and hopefully the season after this season. We are in week two of our sermon series, Passing the Gravy, and Pastor Dwayne Coleman did an incredible job kicking off the series last weekend. And uh, here's the heart of the series. Um, In our family, uh, for the holidays, we have tons of good food. I'm sure you guys do as well. And we've all kind of got our favorites, right? And the food at Thanksgiving and the food at Christmas might be the best part of the holidays. Yeah, there's kids opening presents, stuff like that. All of that takes a back seat to the delicious smorgasbord of food that is presented for us every evening on these holidays. And my favorite, of course, is the mashed potatoes and gravy. If it was socially acceptable, I would only have mashed potatoes and gravy on my plate at each holiday meal. Uh, I bypass all of the other good foods. I maybe put a little bit of turkey on my plate just because, uh, you know, I feel like I have to but I put this huge clump of mashed potatoes on my plate. And then I put that dimple, right? That, that empty reservoir being ready to be filled with heavenly goodness, being filled from above. And then I you know, just grab that ladle and I pour that gravy like it's nobody's business all over my plate. The turkey's on the side kind of drowning in gravy and it's delicious. Uh, the gravy runneth over. And then, undoubtedly, someone will say, John, can you pass the gravy? And my heart stops, right? Like it starts, go- it, it, it affects me. And I feel like I'm Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings. Like my precious, my precious, it's mine. I don't want to share the delicious goodness of God's gravy. But I check that impulse and I realize that giving is better than receiving. And I reluctantly pass the gravy. Now, that impulse of something inside of us, willing to bless others rather than bless ourselves. That is what this sermon series is about. And Dwayne shared about giving last week. And today on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we turn our attention to gratitude. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you wanna know what God's will for you is in Christ Jesus? It is to give thanks. The Bible says so right here. Now, what does this phrase, give thanks, mean? We say thank you all the time. In the English translation, it's just two little words, right? Give and thanks. But in the Greek, it's a combination of three Greek words. Eucharistio. Now, this is one Greek word composed of three other Greek words. You, which means good or well. Uh, Charizomai, which means to grant as a, like a favor. Uh, in kindness 
to pardon or to rescue, and then charis, grace, upon the heart, reflection in the life. That's the biblical definition of give thanks. The manner or act of freely giving of the kind and good divine influence on our heart as an outward or practical response. That's a mouthful. Can you imagine saying that instead of thanks after a friend buys you lunch at a restaurant? That food was so good. The manner or act of freely giving of good, kind, and divine influence on our heart as an outward or practical response. I really enjoyed that hamburger. Or you could just say thank you. It's the same thing in Koine Greek. And the point is, if we want to be biblical, we need to live thanks, not just give thanks. There's a connection between how we live and our gracious heart, a heart of gratitude. And that's what Paul is saying here to the church in Thessalonica. As Christians, we're supposed to live a life of thanks. Gratitude. It is gratitude that prompted an old man, to visit an old broken pier on the eastern seacoast of Florida. Every night until his death in 1973, he would return walking slowly and slightly stooped with a large bucket of shrimp and the seagulls would flock to this old man and he'd feed him from his bucket. Many years before in October, 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a a, a mission in a B-17 But there was an unexpected detour, and Captain Eddie and his crew uh, was running low on fuel somewhere over the South Pacific. It got dangerously low on fuel, and so they abandoned ship, and they spent months on the open sea, sleepless nights encountering giant sharks that would ram their rafts. The raft was uh, nine feet, and these sharks were well over 10. But their most formidable enemy wasn't the sharks, And it wasn't the sun, it was starvation. Eight days out, their rations were long gone and they were, or they were destroyed by the salt water. It would take a miracle to sustain them. And a miracle occurred. In Captain Eddie's own words, uh, he says that Captain William Cherry read the service that afternoon and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. First of all, they're having worship services eight days in to being stranded at sea. That's incredible. Then he says, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. um, And we talked a little bit with my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some of the glare. I dozed off. Then he continued, something landed on my head. I knew that it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Everyone else knew too. No one said a word, but peering out from under my hat brim without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring at that goal, and the goal meant food if I could catch it. And the rest, they say, is history. Captain Eddie caught the goal, they ate its flesh, and used its intestines uh, for, to catch fish as bait. And the survivors were sustained, and their hopes were renewed because of a lone seagull uncharacteristically hundred miles away from the shore, offered itself as a sacrifice. And you know that Captain Eddie, of course, made it. And you also know that his men made it and that he, that he never forgot. Because every Friday evening about sunset on a lonely stretch on the eastern seacoasts of Florida, you could see an old man walking, white-haired, bushy-eyebrowed, slightly bent, bucket filled with shrimp to feed the gulls, to remember the one which gave its life so that others could live like manna in the wilderness. As Christians, 
our whole lives should be a thank you to God. And what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago should inspire us to live a life of gratitude now in our world, not just once a week, but every day. We can never repay what God has given us. We can't. All we can do is live a life of love, of graciousness to him and to others. What can a child really give to their father when they're young? Like my son Dex, he's seven. Can he really get me anything of value? I've given him everything he has. The only thing he can give me is gratitude. And the only thing he can really do is to live a life outside of my presence that reflects his relationship with me. And the only thing we can do for God is not what we can do at church. It's what we do outside of the church. Because we've been with him, we reflect our relationship with him to everyone we interact with. So our gratitude to God should spill out in our valuing of other people. We should be people who say thank you a lot. Some people never stop and thank other people. And you can tell a lot about a person's character by how often they say thank you to others, to strangers, to those close to them. Two of the most important words that you can say as you live your life becoming all that God has called you to be is thank you. It's just that simple. Thank you. These words should, free, should freely flow from our lips constantly. Thank you. Not empty gratitude, but it's taking the time to look and to see what other people are doing and pointing out the goodness in that, pointing out the good things that they have done and expressed a heartfelt gratitude. I want to ask you, how good are you at giving thanks? When was the last time you wrote a thank you letter to someone? How frequently do you express those words to the people around you, the place of work or your home? Thank you. A month ago, a pastor friend of mine received a thank you note. And it wasn't for something that he had done, but it was something that one of his staff members had done. I have often received these. Some of you will send an encouraging note thanking the church or thanking me for something that the staff themselves have done. We have an incredible team here at Prodigal. And the note said this to my pastor friend, I wanted to shine the light on something amazing one of your staff members has done and to thank you for having such a stellar team. Your staff member, Rachel, sent me a handwritten note just out of the blue. I serve on the Board of Education in our city. As you can imagine, it is extremely challenging right now. In this hyper-anxious and divided time in our world, this note was the highlight of my day. Rachel became the hands and feet of Jesus to me because she sent me this note. She offered comfort and told me she was praying for me. And then she attached a picture of the note that she took on her phone. And this is what Rachel's note said. Hi, you don't know me, but I'm the parent of two children in your district. I work at the United Church of the Resurrection. I'm writing because I want you to know how I appreciate your situation as a school board member. I can't imagine the pressure you're under. Please know that I'm praying for you. No solution is perfect in our COVID world. And I pray God gives you strength, patience, wisdom, kindness, and peace. Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Thank you for all that you do. And it turns out this staff member wrote a note like this to every person in their school board. She had to look up their names and addresses of each one. You know how it feels when all you hear is people complaining? 
We all know how it feels when all you hear is negativity. And somewhere along the way, we need people to stand in the gap and say, thank you, great job, they keep us going. I've been sustained numerous times by, throughout the years by encouraging notes, encouraging text message, uh, uh, someone coming up to me and just saying, thank you, or I appreciate you. Sometimes being a Christian is simply being mindful of other people. And sometimes being a Christian is just saying thank you. It's an expression of love. Even right now, the Spirit of God may be bringing to your mind someone that you need to be thankful for, that you should thank. Do it. Respond to that stirring, okay? Pass the gravy. Don't keep all the goodness of God to you. Pass that beautiful gravy of the Lord onto others by saying thank you. I was golfing with my dad about a month ago, and I'm terrible at golf. I golf maybe once a year. But it's fun. And not long after golfing, I was watching ESPN and they were talking about the professional golfer, Stuart Sink. And I think that Stuart Sink expressed this posture of gratitude extremely well. See, Stuart Sink won the Safeway Open on the PGA Tour not long ago. And he had won a major tournament in over 11 years. And he'd been going through this tough drought, right? Not able to win. He said, you know, I'm 47, maybe the door's closed, maybe I'm never gonna win again. And then his wife several years ago ended up being diagnosed with stage four cancer, and then he was diagnosed with skin cancer. And it was just a hard season, right? It was, it was weighing on him and his family. And so he's playing in the Safeway Open this past um, late summer. And it's the last round, and he gets to the 14th hole. And he goes over to his wife, and he says something to her. And afterwards, the commentator asked him, because he had, won the, he, he had not won the championship yet. He had a long way to go. But the commentator says, hey, what was it that you said to your wife on the 14th hole? And I want you to hear what he said. Take a look. I was trying to get her attention all the way from the tee, but she wouldn't look up. And uh, I don't know, she was looking at something else, maybe in the ground or whatever. But um, she was, I was trying to get her attention. And then when, um, when I finally got her attention after I put it out on 14, I just, I don't know, I just felt like a lot of gratitude in my heart. After, uh, after that hole and thinking about, you know, at my age and being in this position, having Reagan on the bag, and I just went over to her. I just, I just leaned in and just told her, you know, like, there's, we got a lot to be thankful for, you know. Think about the gratitude right now. And so um, it just kind of overcame me there for a second. So uh, nothing special, but that was it. You know, I'm just feeling that little bit of gratitude and just um, really wanted to appreciate and recognize, you know, where I was. And, um, you know, after that, I just walked off and we had a little bit more work to do. Lisa, you guys have been through so much. You so much health-wise. Stuart as well. What does this mean to you? It is the culmination of so many things. Um, but so special to have Reagan and Stuart do this together. And I've watched him work so hard for so many years without the results. So for those to show up now is just an amazing blessing. The Reagan that she mentioned was their son who was caddying for his dad that day. Just thinking, my son is here with me, we get to do this, we're still alive. He just, he had this basic orientation. Look, I've got a lot to be grateful for. He was overcome with gratitude. I wonder, have you ever been overwhelmed with gratitude? 
with a sense of thank you, God, for all the blessings that are in my life. Like moved to tears by the gift of life that you have, regardless of how unpleasant your present circumstances might be, can you sense gratitude welling up in your spirit? Thank you, God. Golf pro and commentator uh, Mark Immelman wrote an article in Golf Magazine called How Being Grateful Can Help Your Golf Game and Your Life. And in the article, uh, he wrote, gratitude is linked to physical and psychological health. It improves self-esteem, facilitates resilience, promotes better sleep, and probably most importantly, uh, being grateful makes you a better partner and more fun to be around while playing golf alongside others. And he ends the article with this. Being grateful for everything is a mindset, a discipline, and a habit. You can cultivate that habit by trying something my wife Tracy put in place in our home. We have a gratitude jar. This jar is located in our living room with a pen and note cards alongside. Whenever something good happens, we note it on the card and we drop it in the jar. And in the end of the month, reconciliation. It is incredible to see how many good events have taken place. Get in the habit of doing this for a little bit and you will turn your attitude around. Would you rather play golf with someone who is complaining all the time or would you want to play golf with someone who is grateful? Would you rather have a friend who's complaining all the time or one that is grateful? Would you rather have a spouse who's complaining all the time or one that is grateful? Become what you yourself desire. Let's say thank you. We know the answer. We all want to be around people who are grateful because they lead us into being grateful as well. And this is the attitude the Apostle Paul had in his life. He had a lot of pain in his life. He had a lot of difficulties. Right? Our verse in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, this idea that Paul says in, in Philippians 4, it, it, it's also in modern psychology. What you dwell on, what you think about, what you focus on shapes who you are. And so if you live in a mindset of dread and anger and bitterness and negativity, you will become that. Like, like a rainy cloud following Charlie Brown wherever he went. You bring it with you. Your thought patterns shape who you are and your relationships and everyone around you. Proverbs 23, 7 in the King James Version. As a man thinketh, so is he. Norman Vincent Peale says this. Change your thoughts and you change your world. Our happiness depends on the habit of mind we cultivate. May it be so. I'll close with this poem. Today upon a bus, I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her. She seemed so gay and how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down. She had one foot and wore a crutch, but as she passed, a smile. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet, the world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets, 
the lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. I said, it's nice to deal with you. Such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Then, when walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine, O oh God, forgive me when I whine. Let us be thankful instead. God, give us a heart of thank you, not only to you for your sacrifice 2,000 years ago, but God, to those around us. May we bring Eucharistio, a good gift of grace wherever we go, an attitude of thank you, of graciousness, of gratitude. We need you. We pray a blessing over all of our thanksgivings coming up this week. Though they look different this year, God, may we be grateful for all that you have done and are doing. In Jesus' name, amen.